0: Hey, everyone. We want to welcome you to the Floater Founder podcast. This is a Toronto-based podcast featuring local founders across all markets. We are your hosts, Samantha Lloyd.
1: And Lyson Casey. We are going to be bringing you interviews with exciting and hardworking founders. They will be sharing their experience creating and leading a company.
0: Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. You're here with Floater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here as always with my co host, Liza and Casey. And today we have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Stephanie Kirsta and Carolyn Platter, the founders of Home, downtown Toronto. So, welcome. Thank
2: you. Thank you.
0: And thank you for hosting us in your beautiful space today. Um, so, first, introduce the listeners to Home. So Home is a modern meditation studio
3: here in Toronto. We've been open for a year now and it's really it's a we have two studios, rooms, very unique kind of very immersive studio spaces where you're going to really get the most unique kind of meditation mindful experience.
0: Perfect. And what inspired both of you to start Home?
2: So, Carolyn and I are both mental health clinicians and we've worked In the mental health and addiction field for over 10 years, we started working on our own kind of we had a consulting company about six years ago, about six years ago. And we were really kind of drawn to the idea of prevention because, you know, Kara started her career working in emergency departments around the city. I started working in crisis within the community um, and at the policy level as well. And we continually saw these trends of people who were burnt out, chronically stressed out, and then really waited until everything crumbled, right? Until they had these massive panic attacks and they ended up in hospital. Until, like, and and that's when people started making changes in their life. And we thought there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way than waiting for someone to fall apart and trying to rally resources around that person. How can we get to people beforehand? At the same time we were doing that, we were also doing a lot of corporate work. So corporate mental health training, corporate consulting, which we still do. And we were working in these corporations and we were hearing these trends like depression's gonna be the second leading cause of disability in the workplace by 2020. And you know, these massive like sick leaves all relating to mental health. And we were like, there has to be a better way. Like this can't be it. And so we started really brainstorming and home really became this dream of, you know, what is something that people can do for themselves what's a practice that people can do for themselves that you know truly truly has these amazing healing benefits in a way right and we were both really drawn to meditation and yoga carolyn's a certified yoga teacher we're both meditation Um, we have a lot of education in meditation certifications in meditation and we were like there's such a research base around meditation and we're like that's it Mm -hmm.
3: And then it was like, how do you do it in like a big and unique way in the city where people will actually want to come and enjoy the practice? And that was how we created this like really unique space here. Yeah.
2: Cause we wanted meditation to be accessible and we really wanted to make it exciting because it is an ancient practice and it's been around for years and years and years, but a lot of people aren't doing it still. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, how do we get people in? It's almost like, you know, how do we like, what's the gateway to meditation? <laughs> um, and it's the space. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. So this is actually a really beautiful, space, I've had a little bit of a chance to walk around it. And uh, all the rooms seems to be different styles. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about this space and about all the different rooms and how they help people with mindfulness?
3: So we had a a lot of kind of Needs and wants in the, out of this one space. We are fifty-one hundred square feet, and really the f- the first part was for us to have a space where we could gather community, and that was so important to us was to really create this mindful community here and to bring like-minded individuals together. So we actually not only are we called home and we want it to feel like a home, but our living room is what we call our reception, kind of waiting area space, and that was really created because we envisioned people living in the space as if they were at home. We want you to come take off your shoes, lean back on the couch, grab some tea, um, have some time to chat with somebody. So that was how we created the front space. And then we also created a workshopping space as well. So Steph and I are both educators and we've always seen home as also being a place where we can invite thought leaders and have really interesting book launches and workshops and all of these kinds of things in the realm of mental health and wellness. And then it got to the spaces themselves, and that was where we really had a lot of fun just creatively brainstorming, truly. was just like, what could these spaces look like and how interesting could we make them and how unique and creative and drawing on a lot of our experience as um, clinicians and using psychology to inform what we put into the rooms. So we loved the concept of duality, and we were kind of playing with this idea of lightness and darkness, and that was how what led us to our two studios. One is our light studio, which really is about bringing the outdoors inside. So we have this really big green living wall. We have this cutout in the ceiling where we have a blue light that mimics the sky. We have hanging vines. And, I mean, psychologically, we know the colors blue and green are said to be calming. So we really wanted to, like, invoke this feeling of outdoors in. And then the dark room is this totally unique immersive space. And it's the, the room is, like... Um, curved and it's all black and we have some really interesting like lighting off like lighting in there fiber optic starry sky and we really wanted to bring in again that idea of like evoking some of the outdoors in so how often do you see the stars here in the city and so we wanted this space where you can just even if your eyes are open in meditation you could look up and like still be cocooned kind of in this immersive meditative space
2: and then we had we wanted to have two experience rooms as well and again playing with that idea of duality so we love infrared saunas um we're in Canada, it's cold, right? And so we really wanted to create this sauna experience to be like a little vacation in the city. So there's, there's palm trees in there and cactuses in there and it, you know, really fun towels. And it's this little, you know, hour out of your day, but you're really feeling like you're swept out of, you know, the cold and slush of February in Toronto, you know, because the sauna is so hot and we know all the benefits of the sauna as well, but because the sauna is so hot, we were like, what's something that we can do that's cold? And that's our Himalayan salt cave.
1: And uh, meditation and mindfulness is a great way to help uh, yourself and kind of like promote it in others to to help with mental health. Uh, What other things are there that people could be doing to either help their own mental health or help uh, friends or families that are going through a tough time?
3: I mean, I think for us, certainly, we always talk about this idea of connectedness and the importance of feeling connected and human connection and again that idea of creating the space here of community and that's something we often always recommend I mean Steph and I are best friends and that's something I think that has held us through creating a business has been our our connection with one another and our friendship and so it's so important to when you see somebody struggling right is to push into that connection and especially when it comes to mental health a lot of people struggle with do I know what to say? Do I know the right thing? Like, How do I intervene? How do I support someone? And we always, when we're teaching, we say, go back to feeling, go back to connection, be there for that person. It does so much more than you could ever imagine, just simply being that human piece of being there for someone.
2: Yeah, like think about how you would want to feel in that situation and do that, really. Mm -hmm. Um, For your own mental health too, the two big things that I always really like to push are sleep, like sleep is huge for me I do a lot of insomnia work in my clinical practice you know sleep is generally the first thing to go when someone's struggling and when it does go it just makes everything worse it has this massive snowball effect um and so I always say like let's go back to like let's go back to the basics right like how like can I sleep for you know seven to eight hours and can I like nourish myself properly right like think about when we're babies and basic survival needs um because sleep really does we know that right we all had those problems where you know, it seems like such a big problem at like 1130 at night. And then you go to sleep and you wake up and you're like, why was I worried about that? <laughs> and so definitely sleep is a really big thing. Um, and then I also love a gratitude practice. Like I always really love looking for things that we're grateful for. Um, And it comes out of the positive psychology movement, which there's a lot of research around, you know, how can we be grateful for the things that we already have? And, you know, studies have shown people who do practice gratitude and do kind of really sit in that moment of being, you know, grateful for the things that they have and noticing the things that they have versus the things that they don't have or the things that they continually want do
0: fare better with their mental health. So I would say that those two practices are massive. Um, So you two mentioned that you were best friends, that you've run a consulting practice before this. How did you guys start a business together and how has it been determining your roles in these different businesses that you've taken on together?
3: It's so interesting because it started so organically and just sort of genuinely. We never, I don't think, really planned kind of going to business and certainly not on the scale that is home today. Steph and I met about 10 years ago. We were working in an addiction clinic and we were starting we started actually running some addiction mental health groups together and it was that that we realized that we just had this really just fun kind of way of working with each other and the way that we would facilitate courses we just enjoyed it we were just like this is really fun so that was really how it just kind of organically started it was a little side gig we just put up a little website got a business card made and then we would run these at like this co-sharing space and Kind of surprisingly, but not like people, people showed up. And then it was from there that it snowballed that we'd have HR professionals come in and say, like, do you offer anything that we could bring to our workplace? And at the time we didn't, but we're like, of course we do. Sure we do. Like, and then we go and create it. Right. And we're like, okay, let's go create this like thing. And then we do. And then we started delivering that and then more people wanted it. And that was when we kind of realized that we had a business and we're like, this is actually like a business business. And then we were able to start transitioning out of some of the other things we were doing and pushing more into the side hustle kind of became the main hustle. And that was then kind of about a couple of years after doing that was where the bigger idea from from home evolved. And here we are. So,
2: yeah. And then it's also funny because in terms of like, you know, division of labor and how we determine which roles we had. It just really happened organically. And we always laugh about it because even with, you know, some of the training and the workshopping that we do, we just naturally fell into our roles. Like, there was never a formal conversation about it. It just kind of happened. it's not like who
3: does what. It was just like, and I think we have a great, not only like in terms of how we work together, but we also really recognize each other's strengths. And so some certain things just would make sense that staff would take that or it would make sense that I would take it. And so yeah it's really it's interesting. Yeah. We've never really had those conversations, but it's just always worked very well
0: for the two of us. That's great to hear. Love hearing good best friend uh, working together stories. That's great. And um what is or are both of your goals maybe different, but what are both of your goals uh for home and how it will impact the Toronto workforce and people's mental health in general?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think always the the biggest for for us was kind of what led us to to start home was really to create a shift and I think it's recognizing that the current kind of hustle and fast paced go 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 work kind of centric uh, way of living right now in this city it's it's not sustainable when we come when we're thinking about our mental health and we as people need to put our mental health as a priority because if that falls apart then so does so many things it's like a domino effect and so for us to be able to transform the kind of landscape when it comes to taking care of your mental health, to be able to see that as something, not that's just like a nice to do, but that's a must have to do, but that's able to be done in a way that people want want it. And so for us, I mean, to be able to see corporations and workplaces really transform the way that they approach mental health, that to us is such a win. To see big corporations coming in here for mindful classes and teaching and really kind of integrating positive mindful and mental health into their workplaces that's i think one of the biggest dreams for us and we really see this as as a full transformation really of the way that the current corporate culture is and so that's my our big goal
2: and I think the time is now, like we're starting to see, like I mentioned before, like mental health has come to the forefront. People are starting to realize that if we invest in our employees' mental health, like it pays off for the company as well, um, not only just for the employees. And so we're starting to see really progressive companies really leaning into this idea. And, and it feels like there is, we're kind of on like the cusp of a shift, like a massive shift. And it's really exciting to to kind of be in it.
1: Cool. Yeah. And being an entrepreneur can be really stressful. And a lot of these networking events have opened bars. And uh, uh, what's the best best way for entrepreneurs or anyone really to manage stress uh, and control their substance abuse and not drink too much or uh, have other uh, drug uh, abuse problems?
2: Yeah. Entrepreneurial life is hard, right? It's really hard. 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 (laughs) Um, I think a big thing is to recognize what, like create boundaries for yourself. And it is so much easier said than done, but it's definitely one of those things where, you know, you have to almost weigh the pros and cons of going to like every single networking event. And, you know, if your body's telling you like, you know, just, just stay in tonight, right? Like just stay in, eat a salad, drink some water. It's going to be okay. You know, go to bed early. Like then it's okay to do that, right? Like you always have an opportunity to meet more people eventually. Um, So I think definitely finding things that, you know, listening to yourself, number one. And the second thing is finding things that rejuvenate you and refresh you and you know doing those things whether it's for 5 minutes or you know an hour every once when you can right because with entrepreneurial life there's no time you're not going to have time and so i think definitely trying to find things that are helpful for you Absolutely. just always whenever you have a drink chase it with a glass of water I know. right it slows so, you down hang- it hydrates you it's like the number one trick it prevents a hangover, it prevents a hangover. yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, water is a very good thing. <laughs>
1: uh, you, you, you were talking earlier how uh, home was your side hassle at first, and you both had uh, jobs, and then it, it went to being your full-time hustle. Um, h- how do you know when your part-time hustle becomes your full-time hustle, and how do you know when to take the plunge and actually quit your job and focus on this and take that risk?
3: Yeah, I and mean, I think for us it was really once the work became more than, than the kind of side hustle piece. Like when all of a sudden we were having to put in like these 30, 40, 50 hour work weeks, that then we started to be able to transition and both Steph and I, I mean, we still do, um, you know, some occasional like teaching work and some private clients, but we've really kind of totally shifted into this is our full-time role here. And that's been the really great thing with, the sort of way that we've set up our careers is that we've been able to to really to do that from like a time perspective. So, it kind of again, very much happened. We didn't have to because we weren't ever a traditional 9 to 5, so it was never like a do we have to quit this particular job? It was just like do we start shifting hours differently? And when we very first opened home, that was really the, the time for us was like, if we're going to open this space, we need to make sure that we're here. And uh, so that was, I think, really when we were like, OK, like three, four days a week, we have to be working together properly full time in this business it was, I guess we really the opening,
2: the opening and definitely like we do still do a lot of corporate work. And so oftentimes a lot of those, those contracts, we have a team that delivers a lot of training, but there's a lot of contracts that Carolyn and I also deliver on. And so, yeah, we've been, we've been busy training around, around Ontario lately. <laughs>
0: That's great. And congrats on all the early success, too, of running home. Um, I'm always curious for people who find giant physical spaces in Toronto. How did you find it? And then how did you go about actually building what was in your head and making it real?
3: This is a journey. It was a journey.
0: (laughs) It was very interesting.
3: we When we really started to first realize that we actually could, could do this, the first step for us was obviously, of course, getting an, an agent and starting to look at some spaces. And originally, we had conceptualized this as being a small space. <laughs> we were like, it's going to be one studio room, a little workshop. That was kind of it. And then as we continued to talk and as the, the dream continued to grow we were like, okay, we need more space because we wanted to get so much use out of the space that we were having. And so we were seeing spaces that were like 1,500 square feet, 2,000 square feet, 3,000 square feet. And we're like, oh, that's not big enough. That's not big enough. So next thing we know, we actually walked into this space and we walked into, there's a kind of dark corner of the, of the space here at home that when Steph and I walked into it, we were like, this is the dark room. And we just looked at each other and we just knew it. We're like, this is, this meant to be the space. And so we did put in a bid for it and and lost it. And that was really interesting. And we had said to her, like, if it comes back to us, it was meant to be. And, of course, then we're still looking at other spaces. And then if it does come back. That other bid fell through. And they came back to us to ask us to put a proposal together. And, again, that was really where we had to, for the very first time, start to think of, like, okay, what is this? What is the space going to look like? And then it was, like, finding the right team and assembling the right team to take what we had in our minds Cause Steph and I would joke for like a year before we were like, I wish that someone could just come into our brain and like walk around and see it because we knew what it looked like. We knew what it smelled like. We knew what it looked like. We knew what the colors
2: were. We knew how we would want to feel when we walked in. Yeah.
3: Like we had all of that done already. We knew that we were going to have a signature scent. Like we just knew all of these things. And so it was really building this like great team who who spent time to sit with us and talk to us to really kind of extract what was in our brains out into this, and we've just been thrilled. It, it really became what exactly how we pictured it.
2: I know, and it was so funny because this space was completely gray, so like they had to like drill for pump plumbing. So it was a very it was it was a, a a long build. And then I remember like the last night putting up the furniture and you know judging and doing all the pretty stuff. And it was so funny because we were looking at it and I said to myself, I'm like, I feel like I'm not seeing this for the first time. Like, I almost felt like I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I've been here the entire time, like because it lived in our head for so long. So it was really funny because I was just like, oh, it doesn't really look much different. But like, I kind of feel like I've always been
0: here. And um, in terms of your future plans, I'm not sure if you can talk about it, but you mentioned, um, like teaching courses at McMaster. Um, Is there anything that you guys can talk about around your future plans there? As a McMaster grad. That's right. Oh, you're a <laughs> McMaster yeah. grad? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah.
3: Yay. We love McMaster.
2: Yeah, so we actually just announced, we have a partnership with McMaster. Um, so, Home and McMaster are launching in January. It's open for um, registration now, but we're launching a certificate in Mindfulness Studies. And it's the world's first online academic certificate. And so, it's um, it's really exciting. There's five courses. There's two streams. So, like, a kind of a fundamental stream and then an advanced stream carolyn and i are both going to be faculty in that program and home is creating that and the certificate comes from mcmaster so it's a great partnership with an amazing university
0: i love that i'm really excited about that yay
3: and i think along those same lines really of like things that we want to to come next is, is really things along that you know it's it's how do we educate and bring what we're doing here at home to more people and how do we make it more accessible to more people and those are some things that we're starting to look at the online spaces the tech spaces and other ways of, of continuing our growth and our expansion so yeah
2: we're playing with how to bring home
3: home yeah <laughs> we've got some cool ideas with it so stay tuned
1: what would you say are some of the pros and cons of, of running your own company versus working for someone else
3: lots of pros i feel I like think. all the pros all the pros little bits of cons but we figure those ones out
2: yeah but because I mean, it's like super stressful. Like I think running your own business clearly comes with a higher level of stress. Absolutely. But then we always talk to ourselves, even when it's really stressful, we're like, I couldn't
3: imagine not
2: doing this. You That's know? what our team
3: says too. Like are yeah. like, what would we be doing if we weren't doing like this? How, like what would you do? Yeah. How what would your life look like? I know. <laughs> and I think one of the biggest pros and it's what I've always been so grateful for is it's for Steph and I like it's for our friendship and that's something like no matter how stressful the days are we are just like we're constantly laughing we're constantly having a good time like our founders kind of group chat is just like this ridiculous sort of group chat full of memes and and jokes and when you're running your own business you really get to create this team around you that I mean we really have a team here of incredible incredible people and for us that's just a huge pro of working here is that We have a lot of fun days really a lot of good time together i
2: know it sometimes i almost feel like i have to have those pinch me moments right when we're like at work and just in this beautiful space and killing ourselves laughing and like tears are streaming down your face and you're like how is this my job right and so that's the stuff that you remember when you have those con really stressful days as Mm -hmm. well
1: what was the process of building your team like uh how how was it like finding uh people to teach the the classes and how how has that process been like
2: it was it was good it was
3: weirdly easy and that's something that like again now a year later we were saying that we had a little group pumpkin carving Halloween thing the other day and we were talking about how like over a year ago we didn't even know these people and yet how much part of our lives they've become but we just again not really we just put up a an ad and started connecting with people from the Meditation and Mindful community here in Toronto. I did a lot of coffee dates and just chats with a lot of people in the community. And it really just, and then once we started to connect, more people were like, well, what about this person? Why you should meet this person? And it just really organically very much happens in such a natural, beautiful way. And we're so grateful for the people that we have here. We have some really talented team.
2: And I always laugh about about this because when we so construction always is delayed so our construction was delayed and so we put up an ad we were like recruiting for our front desk staff as well as meditation instructors and we couldn't hold interviews here we because it was a construction site and it was like still like we were like a little bit panicked and then so we're like okay let's just go to a co-working space and so we put up these ads on Indeed and we meet with these people and these lovely souls just believed us and like we're just like we have no pictures or anything but like it's gonna have a green wall and it's gonna be really cool I promise and all these people just were like okay and like Colette who's at our front desk she's one of our full-timers just took a full-time job like just not knowing what the space looked like and I'm like it just speaks to just kind of like the connection that we've had with all of these people and when we had our first like orientation kind of day where we met everyone I'm like thank you all for just trusting that this just wasn't like the biggest scam ever
0: we have still some fun questions but they're fun questions what is your favorite thing that Toronto has that no other city does
2: home so random but Rosalinda yeah. I love Rosalinda like
3: vegan food yeah. places that's actually we're both vegan and that's something that's been super exciting is seeing this I'm um, I well, it's not relative it's still relatively new-ish vegan but seeing this whole foodie vegan food movement happening here in Toronto is super exciting yeah
0: and vegan Mexican food like you and just vegan. can't beat that right and um what is aside from home your favorite place to go in Toronto my house
3: <laughs> Can I say that? Because <laughs> yeah. as an entrepreneur, we often don't get to spend a lot of time, truthfully, at home. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes when I just get those nights to myself, it's actually very, very welcoming and very, very needed. How do you say my home? Are you going to say your home? Yeah. Where else do we go? Here. Yeah. <laughs> and my house. Mm-hmm. That's right. That, it's so funny because that's what we always say, too. It's like, which home are you at? Your home or home home? The business? <laughs> Yeah.
2: I love a hotel lobby, too. Like, I, like... Oh, you know where I oh, we really love... I love the Ritz
3: Bar. Love the Ritz Bar. Yeah. Favorite. We do a lot of work, yeah. actually, in hotel, hotel lobbies. Sometimes we just needed to leave. Like, that's what something that we've you know been... Yeah, but we love to just be able to, like, sometimes, like, leave work, but then change the environment, and then go actually work somewhere else, because then you feel like we'll work in, like, coffee shops and restaurants and lobbies, and that's always fun, and that's always fun. Yeah.
2: And I love a good dog park,
3: because I have a really cute dog, so... Mm-hmm. He,
0: he likes to get his little runny out. Very cool. And um, for both of you, who was your favorite teacher growing up?
3: Because we often say our moms. We love our moms. We really do love our moms. I think both of our, our mothers are really strong, independent women. And that's been, I think, a huge source of inspiration for for us, especially as female entrepreneurs starting a business. Being able to, to look up to these strong women has, has helped us a lot, I think, pave the way. And, I mean, my mom, she's a nurse, and that was really what I think led me just naturally into the helping profession was always sort of seeing her and teaching me to give back and to help others
2: and I always think it's really interesting because you know my mom and I have a really special relationship we have a really special bond. I consider her one of my best friends and and she we're so connected and it's so funny because Kara and I are now so connected and she has the exact same bond with her mom and I'm like how rare is that that we both have like such close relationships with our moms and we're just so fortunate and so lucky to have such wonderful women in our lives and such great supports
3: in our lives
1: what were both of your very first jobs
3: i worked in a call center give, doing questionnaires over the phone like those advertising marketing questionnaires when you had to ask people like you know what their favorite kind of chicken was and if they preferred it fresh or frozen and you know, i was like 15 working in the mall it was like the upstairs of a mall and then very after that, really, truly, I, I went straight into addiction, like the addiction clinic as a support staff when I was uh, just finishing up high school. And then I was there in the helping professions ever since. So very few jobs. But yeah, that was call center. That's
2: so interesting. I didn't even know that about you. I
3: know. For like a year. was so funny. And it was so funny because I so knew people
2: prefer fresh or frozen chicken?
3: Usually fresh no. chicken. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a greeter at BMW. I worked at a BMW dealership in where I grew up, and I was a greeter. So I literally would stand at the front door with a, with a clipboard, and I would welcome people, and I would get them a coffee, and I would connect them with a salesperson. I feel like you'd be very good at that. I, I, I
3: strangely was. Yeah. Steph is always very good at connecting with people. She's like our networker extraordinaire here, so I feel like it started early with you. It started mm-hmm. early, yeah. It was a fun job.
1: For any entrepreneur that wants to start their own company, what are the first steps they should take?
3: Find a Carolyn. Yes, (laughs) get a friend. (laughs) I think one of the first things, and I think what's really helped us is, as much as, yes, you want to plan and you want to sort of know and have a bit of a direction of where you're going, what's been really helpful for us is to not overthink things. Because if you overthink it, it can become really scary and really overwhelming. And I think that stops a lot of entrepreneurs from from taking that leap is because we get afraid. And so for us, it was just having trust in the vision that we are creating, but then saying, okay, we're doing this and we're not going to overanalyze it. And we're not going to overthink. and We're not going to catastrophize and we're, we're going to jump.
2: And truly it, it is just jumping because, you know, it, we are, it's so funny. We were actually saying last night, if we had a crystal ball and we knew what, like what the first year would look like, I don't know if we would do it because it was, a, it was, it, it was, was a hard, hard year, hard. but we also, would regret it so much and so my big my the big thing that I always like to say is where is that point where the regret of not doing it is more than the fear of doing it and when regret becomes worse than fear becomes more than fear then you know like just just jump and just trust in your vision trust in yourself and trust in the process.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you both so much for hosting us at home. Um, as we've said quite a few times, it's a beautiful space. So we are really excited to get to interview you guys in it. So thank you for being part of the podcast. Thank, thank you, for you having so us. much.: We wanted to thank you so much for coming in. We had such a great time interviewing you for Floater Founder.
1: And thank you so much to our listeners. We are so excited to share more founder stories with you.
0: Until, Until next time.